0: Sermon number 526, The Troubles of Jephthah, preached on Sunday, February 8, 1970, the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown. The text is Judges, the 11th chapter, the 35th verse For I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. This is some story concerning Jephthah. Jephthah, you see, is one of those lesser known of the biblical characters, and even though his name is mentioned in three books of the Bible, Judges, 1 Samuel, and Hebrews, nevertheless, he's an individual that very few people know much about. And do you know why? It's because he's a man of troubles, And because we are people who spend most of our time trying to stay out of trouble or to get out of trouble, we're not necessarily interested, are we, in trying to read or hear about another man's troubles, let alone go to the trouble and study about the life of a man of troubles. Yet today I suggest that you join with me in the next few minutes in looking at the life of Jephthah with the hope and with the prayer that in studying his troubles we may get some insight into why people do have troubles and maybe get some help as to how we might face our troubles. I think the first thing that comes through in the teaching of this particular portion of Scripture is that Jephthah had troubles because of his parents' problems. To put it very bluntly, yet distinctly, Jephthah had a lousy home life. His father, Gilead, and the woman with whom he lived and called his wife, they just could not get along. Instead of being able to build that miniature kingdom of heaven here on earth, which every marriage is supposed to be, They could not even bring in a little bit of the happiness which God intends man and woman to have. These individuals, I don't know if they were thinking too much of their own troubles and their own selfishness, trying to see where they had been wronged and always confirming anew where they individually had been right, created for not only this boy but for his half-brothers, a horrible family say. He had a very poor home life. These particular parents, Gilead and his wife, you see, had not been able to catch a glimpse, which I'm afraid many people have not caught, that the responsibility of a good family home is is dependent not upon the children, but upon the parents. And if parents, for any reason whatsoever, relinquish this responsibility and forfeit that which is not only their privilege but their responsibility, they can bring many things to their children, but one thing they will bring for sure, trouble. It's not up to the children to create an atmosphere that is right and wholesome and loving. It's the parents' responsibility, and if they don't do it, it never gets done. Because this man and his wife could not get along and could not compliment one another, either she drove him to it, I don't know exactly why or when, but nevertheless the fact still remains that out of selfishness this man went out to sow some wild oats. And as of necessity, with always a planting, there is always a harvest. And in the sowing of his wild seeds, Gilead brought forth a crop, and his name was Jephthah. This boy was taken by Jewish law into Gilead's house, but he wasn't taken into his home. And there's a big difference. And whenever a child is robbed of the opportunity of being taken into a home of love and of understanding, of passion, of compassion, and of acceptance, you can expect little else from that child eventually, other than trouble. This particular woman could not bear to see the sight of this young boy that her husband had brought home, and she somehow conducted this feeling to her other sons, and these boys, who were really only half-brothers of Jephthah, could not accept him. They had nothing but contempt for their father. But they took out that contempt on their hate for their half-brother. This particular young boy was guilty of nothing more than being born. His father had sinned. That he had to take the shame. And instead of accepting them with him within their little confine of games and of activities, these other boys who were really his half brothers did not invite him into their activities and never introduced them, ever introduced him to their friends with anything else but with shame and with scorn. And probably there were other parents in the community who did not want their little cherubs to be contaminated with the likes of Joppa. For in that Palestinian town, I'm sure there were people just like there are in the world today who forget that a child is never responsible for the circumstances surrounding his birth, And every child comes into this world only with one thing, the sweet, clean kiss of God. And a child is no more responsible and can be blamed for the circumstances of his birth than can he be blamed for the currents of the sea or the darkness of the night. But these parents blamed that little boy because of what his father had done. This little boy had doors closed in his face. He had friends taught to turn their face when they greeted him. Before he knew how to speak, he knew the feelings of rejection. And when that happens to little personalities, you can count on only one thing happening eventual trouble. So eventually, when Jephthah had to leave his home and his country land because he was not welcomed, He did go into a far country and he lived the life of a renegade. And then those people, those people who were thinking more that he would fail rather than hoping that he would succeed, shook their heads and said, well, I knew it would turn out that way. And then very correctly, they always added that phrase, but what can you expect with parents like his? This boy had troubles because of his parents' problems. And one of the things that we must remember, especially those of us who dare to call ourselves Christians, is that in this day there are many people who have problems, troubles, which can be stemmed back directly to the lack of problem-solving on the part of their parents. And it behooves us, ladies and gentlemen, not only to realize that we must not be too harsh on these people who have troubles that have been born out of their parents' problems, but if you have been given the privilege of marriage and that higher responsibility of parenthood, best you realize that if you have problems in your marriage, you better get them straightened out and do so quickly. lest. Those particular problems shall bear forth the troubles of your children in days yet unseen. Jephthah had problems and troubles because of his parents. But this was not always only the source of his troubles. He had them because he was a nice guy. And because he was always willing to help people who were in trouble. It has always been a riddle to me in life. Maybe you've noticed it too. That those people who cause us the most trouble are always the people who turn to us first when they are in trouble. You ever notice that? Jephthah did. When he went to that far off land, he became not only a renegade, but he became a great warrior. He became a violent captain of the infantry. He became a man who was a leader of men, and he gained a great name for himself. And in a few years, the Israelites were having trouble with the Emirates. And these particular people needed help, the Israelites, that is. So you can guess what they did. They crossed their border and went into that foreign land and they sought out Jephthah and they asked him to come back to be their leader. They asked for him to accept their forgiveness for literally ostracizing him from their society. But they asked him, please come back and be our man and be our leader. You know, I think if I had been Jephthah, I would have told them to go to or someplace. I, I think I would have said to them, where were you when I needed you? You come here now with your tears, but where were you when as a child I cried unto you? You know, that man, I think, would have had every right except the Christian right to tell those people, "No." But Jephthah, who had been wrong knew that it was wrong to live by wrong. A Jephthah, a man who had faced bitter treatment, refused to allow himself to become embittered. So he said, all right, I'll come and be your leader. And the first thing that he tried to do, being very sensible, he tried to enter into dialogue with the Ammonites, but it didn't succeed. It eventually brought forth war. And here was this man, because of no trouble of his own, in deep trouble, he had to ford stream, he had to ride through the desert, he had to sleep in holes, and I'm sure more than, on more than one occasion he was asking himself, how did I ever get into this trouble? But the answer always came back to him, Jephthah, you are in this trouble because you are always willing to help people who are in trouble. You know, if you have to get into trouble, I think that's the best reason I know of for you to get into trouble. That has kind of a smack and a ring of the New Testament, doesn't it? Because if you read through the pages of the good, holy book, you will find that there are many people of God who are constantly in trouble for one reason and only one reason. They're trying to help their fellow brothers who are in trouble. I know many conservative Presbyterians don't like to face it and admit it, but nevertheless the truth exists. Do you realize that a good portion of the New Testament was written not in a church but in a jail by people who were in jail because they were in trouble? Trouble because they were trying to help people who were in trouble. Look at our Lord himself. How many times do you find him being ridiculed and scorned by the good people in the community, because he would attempt to help somebody who was in trouble. You know, there are a lot of people in the world today who are in trouble with their families, with organized religion, some other establishments, yes, even with the national government, because they believe that other people are in trouble and they need help. And you and I, sometimes we don't like these people who are trying to help other people in trouble. We don't like how they look, and sometimes we don't like what they say and we don't like what they do. And we ask ourselves, why are they doing what they're doing? Not all of them, I'm sure, but some of them are there because they're trying to help somebody who's in trouble. And if I may say a word, let it be this, before you and me, before we become too, too critical of some of these people who are today, in our eyes, are in trouble. Maybe we better first ask the question, why are they in trouble? And in doing so, we may find ourselves asking another question. Maybe we should be asking, why is it that we're not in more trouble? by helping people who are in trouble. That is, if we're in the tradition of the New Testament and call ourselves christian Jephthah was in trouble because he was willing to help people who were in trouble. And up to this point, I'm sure you're beginning to think that Jephthah was an object of many other people's troubles and problems, and the only reason he was in trouble was because of other people. That's not true. Some of his problems and troubles were caused by his parents and by other people who he was willing to help, but some of his troubles were caused by himself. They were caused by his own promises. Parents, other people, and his own promises got him into trouble. You see, when Jephthah went out to battle against the Ammonites, he first, tried to make a bargain with God. And he said this, Lord, if you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whoever comes forth from the doors of my house to meet me when I return victorious from the Ammonites, that person shall be the Lord's, and I will offer him up for a burnt offering. He went off to battle. He was victorious, and he came home. And when he rounded the bend, just before coming to his home, he was quite anxious to see who would be that person that would come through the threshold, whom he would offer up unto God as a thanksgiving offering. But suddenly the countenance on his face fell, his heart for an instant stopped beating, he was completely without any faith. For when he saw walking through that door, none other than the beautiful, lovely, only daughter of his own being. The only person that he really cared about, the one who was the pride of his eye and the hope of his heart, when he saw her, his countenance fell. He said, you made me very low, daughter, For I have made a promise unto the Lord that whoever is the first one that comes through the door, I will offer that person unto the Lord as a sacrifice, and you are the one. And he did not go back on his word, and he offered up his own love, his own flesh and blood as a sacrifice, and his daughter was burned. Now, almost every commentator of the Bible to a man says that this particular passage of Scripture should be interpreted to the people as trying to point forth what foolish vows can do. And I agree with this interpretation of how foolish and how much trouble we can bring into our own lives and other people's by trying to play games with God. It is not only incorrect theology, but it's lousy common sense to think that you can live your life making bargains with God and asking him, Lord, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, of trying to keep promises with God that have not been thought through and have been given enough ideas of what might happen if we are successful. None of us should ever feel None of us should ever fall prone to that particular position where we become people who are in that position where we make foolish statements like this to God and then feel that we have to pay off. Yet I sometimes think, ladies and gentlemen, in trying to point out the foolishness of Jephthah, some of our Bible commentators and preachers fail to recognize one of the great things about Jephthah, for though you can really ridicule him for his incorrect theology, And you can really point out how guilty he was of using good common sense. There's one thing in this passage that you can't point out, and that is that this man was definitely a man of his word, and he refused absolutely to go against the promise which he had made. And a word that I think that needs to be heard in our world today is this that one of the reasons we have so much trouble in our world is that we do not have enough people who are willing to stand by the word. Yes, there are many troubles in this world that are brought forth by foolish people who have made poor promises and who are trying to keep them, and they're bringing much trouble in the world to themselves and to other people because of it. But equally so, there's much trouble in this world today caused by people who have made promises. But they haven't kept them, and they have no intention of keeping them. You know, it used to be that a man's word was rule. If a man gives you his word today, it seems to be the exception to the rule. Do you realize that we're in a society today where we don't even want to trust individuals? who are just willing to give us their word as their honor. That's tragic. As being pastor of this church for almost ten years, I've seen almost 1,000 people stand right here at different times and with two simple words, promise. I do serve the Lord with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength, to be diligent in participating in the means of grace, to be faithful in their worship and service activities, and to give of their substance as the Lord prospers them, and to give their whole heart to Christ, his kingdom, for the sake of the world. And many of you have answered, I do promise. I'm sorry, folks. The attendance records and the financial records kept by the business manager of this church do not attest to the fact that you have kept the promise. Some of you have, but many have not. And then we wonder why the church and the world is in trouble. Three weeks ago, you will remember a controversy came forth in our press and through our media of news concerning a speech that was made 22 years ago by the man who was nominated by our president for the vacancy on the Supreme Court. At the time, I happened to be listening to a television commentary out of Miami, Florida, and I heard this commentator say something which I wish he had not said, but I know it was true. He said this this judge is being judged by a speech that he made 22 years ago, but in Washington they really don't think this speech will hurt him because the majority of politicians never hold a man responsible for words that he speaks in a minor election. That truth is more despicable than the words which that man uttered, but it's true. And we've come a far way when in our world today we can't take a man at his word. Jephthah made his word count, and it caused him trouble, yes. But God, help the people in the trouble they will have to face if they make a vow and don't keep it. Amen. Our Father and our God, please help us. You've been very good to us and very kind to us and very right by us. Help us, O Lord, with our troubles, not only to find solutions for them, but ways so that we can prevent from getting into them. Lord, you helped Jephthah. Please help us. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be in abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.